Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, this is the Talking Tactics Podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is Daniel. My name is Half to the Hope, HH, or that's kid of our lovely one. Trying to live, trying to exist, trying to survive, trying to stay alive. Stay black or white if you want. Don't be a supremacist. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on social media at Talking Tactics. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. If you're on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. If you decide is to it? listen to us on YouTube, uh, remember to subscribe. All the links you need to know are in the description of the podcast. So just read that stuff. Um, we're on Patreon, obviously. So if you guys want to help the show out monetarily. And listen, that's extra, extra source, extra source. Yeah, and listen yummy, to us yummy. talk about random stuff. Did you watch Power this week? <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that good. But we will talk about that at, a, at, a, at another time. But uh, yeah, we talk about whatever we want. So there you go. Let's get into it. We're going to start in Barcelona. Obviously, that's the obvious place to start. Bro, the way it's looking, it's looking pretty official. Again, look, I'm not a fan of BBC, but BBC Sports have said he's been sacked. Football Espana, which I always look at, says, confirmed, Kike Setien appointed as the new Barcelona coach. Official. Football Espana, Ernesto Valverde sacked by Barcelona as Kike Setien confirmed as his replacement. I think it's official, guys. Okay. I think it's official. So, yeah, Ernesto Valverde has been sacked as... Barcelona head coach or manager. I'm sure, pretty sure he was a head coach. Um, he's been replaced by Setien, who was the former Betis coach, if memory serves. Yep, real Betis, um, yeah. A little bit on the old side, but I remember a lot of people thinking, yo, his football is really progressive and he plays football in kind of a, a nice, fun new way. So it's an interesting hire. It's definitely better than what I was seeing yesterday, where Valverde's gone and they're going to appoint Xavi. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, okay. Do you think Xavi would have been an it? Oh, obviously, it would have been interesting, but do you think it would have been smart to do it? No, me neither. This, I think, someone even made a, a good point, I think, on the hangout that um, his experience is only oh, damn, like, why are you, why are you about to like be on the street? So, yeah, you, you, you're going to all, all, all hoodies, <laughs> okay? It's, it's not that real. Um, you were uh, your, your experience is all outside in Qatar, really. No offense to Qatar, I, I want some, some of your oil money. But that experience compared to Pep Guardiola, who coached like the B team, New Barcelona in and out, was in close proximity to Johan Cruyff. Even if that was still a risk, Pep was still a risk, but that made better sense to bring him in than it was to bring um, other homeboy in it. So that's 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 my thing, man. How do you feel about the... Obviously, this didn't happen, but I guess people seem to think it was a possibility because we're seeing a lot of former players become managers. So if you look at Arteta, 
going to Arsenal, Lampard going to Chelsea. To a lesser degree, I suppose you could like bring up, you know, the Steven Gerrard at Rangers or one just slipped my mind. Wayne Rooney going to Derby County and becoming like a player manager. So we're seeing like a lot of the players that were former that that we grew up watching them play. They've now become managers. So how how do you feel about that trend? Do you feel like it's more specific? Zidane, obviously, at, at Real Madrid, do you think it's is specific to the club like if you're a club legend you can go into a particular club and do a job or do you think like there's something special about these guys that no matter where they go they'd be able to get a job done no no for me i think it all depends man it all depends like there isn't like a one size fits all not every story will be like pep guardiola like what he did there was like crazy and if you think about it more times than not the so-called legend and i could that fairy tale story of the legend becoming an amazing coach Normally it doesn't ha- happen. So Pep Guardiola is actually an anomaly. How many great players, how many legends become amazing coaches, amazing managers? Not that many. Henri was a brick from, from Monaco. Well, that that Monaco situation was just poor. I don't know if I can necessarily paint him with that brush. Who did they... They had... Um, what's, the, what's the dude's name? The Portuguese... Jardim. They had Jardim. Hmm. They sacked him. They hired Henri. And then they hired Jardim again. And then they just got rid of him, I think. So, yeah, that situation's a bit weird. We'll see what Henri does with Montreal. If anybody wants to keep us informed over what's going on in MLS, feel free. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. What I definitely thought we were going to talk about on the podcast was the Luis Suarez injury and where do Barca go in this transfer window? Do they try to kind of ride it out until the summer where they have more options? Or do they spend money now and maybe try to go for Lutaro for, I think, 100 plus million euros? Do they try to get Obama Yang from Arsenal? Do they try to get who? God knows who? That's the situation I thought. We talk no, 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 no. I mean, no, we have to really deal with 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 both. Hence, why this is it's, it's so good that these both of those news broke. And and this is the thing: like, does Setien have kind of assurances that, bro, we're gonna get you a striker, or is it like, yo, can you work magic with Fati, Griezmann, and Messi? Can you just kind of make that work somehow? What do you think is gonna happen on the striker situation with Barcelona? Here's the deal: here you can break this up, break this up in so many different ways. It's a massive blow, a huge blow, because the, to not have an outstanding recognized striker is very problematic for Barcelona attacking-wise. If Barcelona do not get a strike, first of all, this how many times do we, can you get a top player in the January transfer window? That's the first thing. Second thing is, what is the likelihood of getting a top striker? What is the likelihood of getting a top striker who fits Barcelona's system? Harry Kane is a top striker who does not fit the system of, of Barcelona. And my thing is, if you don't get a top striker and you're not going to say, okay, we're not going to roll with a front three of Messi, Griezmann, and Perez, or Ansu Fati, Messi, and um, Griezmann, that puts a lot of pressure on Griezmann. Because right now, everything's on Griezmann. Because people have said, oh, this is a blessing in disguise. Anton Griezmann will now be forced to play in the center. And whoever the coach is, well... Setting would not force play Griezmann in the center because people's excuse was that, oh, Griezmann was played elsewhere, hence why we didn't see the um, best of him. But my response to that is two things. Griezmann is not a superstar player. He is a guy that supports the superstar player. He's never really been that out-and-out main guy. Don't squeeze your face. You know I'm, I'm right. And the second thing is Griezmann always plays with a striker. In France, Giroud. And let's look at Madrid, um, Costa. It's never really been Griezmann, you're the main guy. It's all on you. When he was 
quote-unquote sort of the main guy in the Euros, he didn't get it done in the final. He was found wanting. And how many how many big games? I can, I can give you a list of big games where Griezmann has totally gone, completely become Casper the Ghost, man. So this is so great that, we, that this new news has happened with Seton coming in because right now, because I was thinking about how is Valverde going to cope now with this? So with this dude coming in, all right, so it's now a wholly new philosophy, but even if it's a new philosophy, even if, okay, it's a philosophy that Barcelona understand. This is what people don't, this is what Barcelona fans are not getting. Everybody is focused on, oh my gosh, man, Valverde is red. That horrible football is done. But you're missing a very simple, clear point. The personnel aren't there. PK is on the decline. Busquets is on the decline. Two critical, not important, critical players that made that system work was Javi and Iniesta. So for you people insulting Valverde, say, oh no, Valverde's tactics were wrong. He does not play in the Barca way. He didn't have Javi and, and Iniesta. <laughs> he didn't have Javi and Iniesta who were critical in making that system work. And people say, oh, Luis Enrique did much better. Don't do, do that. I will bet everything and more that if Valverde had Neymar, Messi, and a peak Cannibal Suarez, he will win the treble as, as, as well. So you can't have that luxury of that passive philosophy that's made us so dominant. If we bring it back, it's going to give us results because we have Messi. Messi is amazing. And Messi as an individual does amazing, crazy, crazy things. And Barcelona will still be winning because Messi is inhuman. He's like an alien. But Messi will even tell you, Javi and Iniesta helped a lot, specifically Iniesta. Because obviously, Chavi was really in the center. And guys, hey, so people say, oh, why is this talking? This is not, this is why it's called talking tactics right now. So let's break it down. See, for Javi, he was really operated in the central midfield role as well. But in our final third, the playmaking creative burden was shared between Iniesta and Messi. And Messi and Iniesta were on the same wavelength. What happened last season was all the playmaking came through Messi. Everything came through him. But Messi was like, I've got to play, make, create, and I've got to score as well. So when we now look at that game against um, Liverpool at Anfield, I don't know what I say about Valverde. People say, oh, Valverde is to blame. My thing is that a manager does his job when the team creates chances. Mm-hmm. If the team doesn't create chances, something then the manager has done something wrong. If the team creates chances, it's not down to the players. Because the manager's job is, I'm giving you a platform to ensure that we restrict chances being given, and I'm, I'm giving you the blueprint and the platform to create chances. It is now up to you to put those chances away. So Barcelona, in that game, they had chances, but they did not put them away. So people are, Barcelona fans are missing a clear point of personnel, personnel, personnel. Personnel is very important. And a good manager looks at the players they have, and gets the best out of the players that, that they have because not everybody has a luxury that that Pep has where you can cherry pick the players you want to fit into your own philosophy. So do you think this is kind of a make or break portion in Griezmann's Barcelona career? In terms of Suarez is out, you're going to need, as you say, somebody that's going to supplement what Messi, what, what we know Messi can provide and probably will provide. So what would you say are the expectations for Griezmann moving forward over the next, I guess, four months? Do you want me to, to, to be harsh? Do you want me to, to be real? If things were fair, this would be a case of like, if you don't show up in four months, your Euro 2020 place is under threat. But it's Didier Deschamps. 
no matter what happens, even if Griezmann is crap, Griezmann already has a place 100% booked for Euro 2020 because the spotlight is heavily on Griezmann. Because you said a make or break. It probably is make or break because with Suarez out now, you are now forced to play in your strongest position. Fans would not expect that, wait a minute, you are a marquee signing. Show up. Mm. Now there are no more excuses. Now it's because really the whole notion was okay, what could Griezmann? Because even at the beginning of the season, okay, what could Griezmann, Messi, and Suarez do? What, what, what could they potentially do? Now Suarez is now out of the picture. People can maybe cop them a play of like, well, they did have Suarez, but still, still, if you're really a superstar player, because Messi is always going to be, be Messi. Okay, the guy has redefined what it means to be consistent. But for Griezmann, in those key games and those big games, if Messi comes big, can he come big? How much can you help Messi? Are you just going to leave Messi to do everything by himself? So if Messi gives you that amazing through pass, are you going to get through to the through pass and score? If Messi is making that run, looking for that one so and that give and go, are you going to give him that rise, give, 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 give and go? So these are all of the... Wait, 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 smiling. <laughs> the comments... No, 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 no! Forget those guys, man. Forget. Them. I know, like, I, I know. But if yeah. it's funny, if it's funny, yeah, I'm trying not to. Lie. I mean, look, like, like, I don't, I, I don't know why I attract this kind of commentary and everything. But look, no, no, I no, tried, no, 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 no. It was, it was, it's, it's got luck. He, <laughs> he made a funny comment. No, no, that guy is, is very witty, and I think he's not. No, he's Nigerian. That guy is very, very nitty. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I'm curious about is. You always call Griezmann a side chick. So this is his chance to become a main chick, as it were. So I'm, I'm curious of can he step into that role? And, so, well, and, and obviously, if you think about it, I think Griezmann at Atletico was a one and two. So he would get you one goal in two matches. I don't think he's that far off it for Barcelona. I think he might have seven goals in 18 games off the top of my head. I'm not quite sure. Somebody in the comments will let me know, I'm sure. But that's not quite off his Atletico form if you want to just go by goals alone. So I'm curious now that he's probably going to be in more advantageous striking positions with Suarez out. Can he up that? You mentioned Giroud. <laughs> just just, just don't, kind of... Oh, a, don't go there. Don't go just, there. No, no, don't, no, no, don't no, go no, there. Just kind don't, of like don't, a don't selfish do Chelsea move. I'm trying don't to think, do how, do we, how, how does Chelsea get rid of Giroud? Do you think Barcelona would ever be like, this is how we unlock Griezmann, bro? <laughs> no, 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 look. Let me let me just say here for the record, <laughs> if I turn on Twitter and I see Griezmann with a massive grin and a Barcelona jersey, and I see Bienvenido, uh, no, sorry, and, and, and I see Bienvenido, Olivier Gigiru, I'm 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 deactivating. It's I'm deactivating. Gigiru's going to enter though. That that's that, which that doesn't make sense. Sure. It does. You want first team football? Lukaku, Latsura, Martinez will always start. So, and also this, this is a Euro 2020 year. Uh, with, with Chelsea, he's not even in the 18-man squad. With Inter, they play two strikers. So there's a, he's at least on the bench. Lukaku's probably not going to play 90 minutes every game. But going think... to want to move to a club where you are guaranteed first in football. Isn't that the whole point of the, if the I was move? If I him, I'd try to move to France because that would make more sense. If you could move to a Lyon, if you could move yeah, to Lyon. a Bordeaux, if you could Marseille. move to a... Yeah, like one of those clubs that, that would make sense. So is there anything else about Barcelona that's on your mind that you that you kind of want to get off your chest? No, for me, I just I just feel that. See, okay, no, let me ask you this. Let me throw the question to you. Okay. Throw, throw, throw the ball, your your court, you know, like, what's it called? Fader or whatever you call it. Um, do you think this is the beginning of the end of an era 
that began in 2009. So 2009, Pep comes in, the Javi, Iniesta, the whole tiki-taka and everything sort of redefined football and everything were fully dominant and, and so forth. And then you saw Javi move on, Puyol move on, Iniesta move on, Busquets getting older, Puyol getting over. Are we really seeing, especially, and you look at how things went down last season, the way things went down against Liverpool last season, are you sort of seeing that this is like the beginning of the end? This isn't the beginning of the end if the end has begun. The beginning of the end if the end has started was the moment Trent Alexander-Arnold put in that cross and Origi scores. That might be like the beginning of the end. Like, oh, so that 4-0 loss at Anfield is like, okay, Barcelona are on the decline now. This might just accelerate the process, but I don't think this isn't the start. Basically, in five years, we'll know if the end of Barcelona has come. And I don't think people will pinpoint us the Suarez injury. As oh, five the- years. So you think I- that they will survive post Messi? Well, no, I'm saying in five years, we'll be able to look back and actually have perspective over when the end started. And I think we won't pinpoint the Suarez injury as being, oh, that's the moment. I think people will re- go back and see the moment they were up 3-0 at the at the new camp and then they went to Anfield and they lost. That's when it started. They lost it- 4-0, man. It's bad. It's not good. <laughs> um, and I think hiring this guy, you know, Valverde has the best winning percentage in Barcelona history in the Champions League, I think. I think I read that. Wait, let me ask you. Okay. Wrong, so, but... so, so since he's gone, so do you think Valverde deserved all of the criticism and the vitriol from Barca fans? Do you think it was fair? Do you think it was unfair? It was a bad marriage from the start in terms of I don't think Barcelona fans ever uh, were attracted to the style of football that um, Valverde was trying to implement, the more pragmatic style, the way more 4-4-2s. It wasn't that same kind of Barcelona flair as it was with Luis Enrique and obviously the previous management before that. But I think as you outlined, was it unexpected when you lose – Xavi, Iniesta, when you when PK, when Busquets are on their decline, you know, Suarez obviously is on his decline. The only player you really have is Messi. They kind of missed. They get rid of Neymar, which is obviously, yo, getting rid of Neymar could be the beginning of the end for Barcelona. But that's that's an aside. Um, there's just so many changes that have happened in the past three, four years at the club that I think his tenure just coincides with that kind of slight decline <laughs> in the club's just style of football. Obviously, I don't watch enough Barcelona or Spanish football to be an expert, so mm. that's just my kind of view from the outside looking in. No, no, for, for, for me, I, I just feel that, like, at the end of the, the day, this guy in every season won a trophy. In every season, he won a trophy, you know. And yes, obviously, Barcelona retired, a, a side that always wants to win the Champions League and so forth, and the way that they lost it was crazy, but... I will always say that if people pinpoint that whole Liverpool thing, and basically the worst thing that I think was very unfair for Valverde was how he was seen as a culprit and the reason for why they lost that second leg. I think that's insane. I think that's flipping in, 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 insane, man. And and, and and so yeah, so so, so I, I, I just think that's insane. So and I just feel that let's now see what happens. Let's see what happens because now you've gotten rid of the. Big bad wolf, right? You know, um, apparently, as people have said online and everything, this guy is much more with the philosophy, they'll play better football. So now, cool, then 
Because I, my view was, yes, Valverde needs to deserve some blame. Players are not getting enough of the blame. Players mm. are underperforming. So let's see if this new guy coming in can get the best of these players and can start winning Higgins. Because at the end of the day, Daniel, my thing is, Suarez is still injured. But someone still does not have a star striker. They'll beat Napoli because Napoli are horrible under Gattuso. Champions League is now a, a write-off. Can't happen. If Messi... Isn't that all this... dependent on, on, on who they get? So so suppose they do go Ooh. out and, and, and they get Aubameyang, say. Oh, oh, okay, are we talking hypothetically or realistically? Do you don't think it's realistic that Aubameyang could leave Arsenal? This month? Yeah. No. He left Dortmund. Obviously, that was kind of written in the cards from long before, but... I think no, this month, doubtful. Like, it's possible, but very, very doubtful that he leaves this month. If I had to, if I had to say yes or no, I say no. I go to that apparently they are broke, that they don't have money. That's, that's what I've, I've read. They, they can't afford one striker, like a 60, 70 million. They don't have that? And, and also, no, Jekyll is, isn't... No, no, Jekyll, no. So they got 222 million euros from Neymar, and they're broke again? I guess the Dembele Coutinho stuff. Coutinho, yeah, Dembele Coutinho and Griezmann. Damn. They're broke. <laughs> De Young, they spent a bunch of money on De Young now that I think yeah. about it. Damn. How are they broke? Y'all broke? Broke. Okay. Um, We'll get to – do you want to do the Super Cup now, the thing that happened in Saudi Arabia? You want to do that now? Yeah. Just kind of to keep right. continuity. So um, Atletico and Real Madrid made it through the semifinals, made it to the final. Dead game. Um, obviously, we have to talk about really the, the background. So, they have a three year deal with Saudi Arabia to do this final four um, format. I'm hearing that it's like around 100 mil, north of 100 mil that's happening. So, because normally it's the, it should have been Barcelona against Valencia. So, it should be the La Liga winner and the Copa del Rey winner. But because of Saudi, Saudi Arabia are doing this deal, they're not going to be doing this final four formats for three years, a three year deal. I heard the figure 100 mil. I don't know whether that's 100 mil per year or 100 mil for all three years. So, you remember when we talked about soft power mm. and about how, you know, Carl kind of went into the thing of how, you know, China want to host the Olympics or Japan want to get a World Cup or whatever the case may be? Saudi Arabia, I don't think they're going to get an Olympics or something like that. But they do have enough money to where, hey, Joshua Ruiz, you want to have a fight here? Come. La Liga, you want to host something? Come over here, and we'll make it a you know best of a, a final four situation. So, I th- I wonder kind of the Saudi impact in in, in sports um, over the next few years because it seems like they they really are venturing into making themselves a little bit more commercial. So that's something to monitor. Um, but yeah, as as for the final, the game wasn't good. Um, I mean, it wasn't a crap game, but it was just sort of like eh, it was just there. How do you feel about Valverde's little? Tackle on Morata at the end. It was a brilliant footballing decision. <laughs> like, like I don't understand the people that were angry with him and everything. Like, what else was he supposed to do? Okay, take the foul, and he was given the red card. I am, I'm ten thousand percent on Valverde's side on this, but it's Morata. He's one v one with Courtois. The chances that he scores that one v one. In my estimation, as somebody who watched him for two seasons, not that high. Not what's the risk in the final. Not what's the risk in the final. 
shout out to FG. If you look at Marata's last touch before he was taken out, he's not getting there. Courtois is going to sweep it. I don't think he needed to do it in terms of how I think the, the play would have gone on, but I, I, I agree that he can't take the chance in the moment. And, and, and also, in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking that far ahead. You're like, well, you're like oh, it's Marata. I think in the heat of the moment, you're like, striker, thrown goal, right. foul. <laughs> you know, it, and actually, so, somebody brings it up. Uh, Mo Wada, he says, brilliant like the Suarez handball. I don't call that brilliant, though. I feel like that's blatant cheating. I feel no, like... No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. That A handball? That's it's not, cheating. It's, it's, it's not cheating. And look, this is from a guy who hates Cannibal Suarez, who's a racist piece of crap. <laughs> Even when that happened, I said, that is a brilliant play. Brilliant. Because... No, it's not brilliant. No, it's no, no. Cheating. It's, it's basically, if a guy did that for my country, I'm like, this guy cares about his country because... You got the red card, you got punished, but you were like, you know what? I'm going to play the numbers game. Because if I don't stop this, we're out. I'm it's not over. saying it's not smart. I'm just saying it's cheating. Whereas I, I don't see Valverde as cheating necessarily. Suarez becoming a goalkeeper in a split second, that's cheating. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Valverde, you're not supposed to do it, but it's still within the, the make of football to where, okay, like tech. Tactical fouls are a thing. Players just kind of catching the ball and smacking out headers that are going in. That's not a thing. So I don't see them as being the same. No, no, no for, for me, I still, I still view, because I just view for the point of like... They're very say, cynical if, decisions, but one crosses the line of like, bro, this is like, that's that's too far. That's disrespecting no, no, the game. Basically, if I was Nigerian and a dude did that, I'd be like, let's like, if an F.A. Ambrose or a, a whatsoever did it, that I'd be like, my gosh, you're, you're a, a hero. That is an amazingly patriotic thing to do. Because that is quick thinking. Whatever it takes, that's bottom crossing this bloody line. This is this is a World Cup knockouts game. I don't care. This ball is not crossing that line. Red card, send, send, send me off. I pray that my keeper can save it or this guy misses it. If he does that in the first minute, is it? do you still feel the same way? That's a good question. It's all dependent on the game situation. Because he does it in the 100 and... 18th minute or 19th minute yeah, and, yeah, yeah. because and, it means more when when at the time that he, he does it it means more based on when he does also, it it only looks smart because Jean misses the penalty if Jean makes the penalty then it's then it's it is what it is no no but, no 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 oh if Jean makes the penalty it's still a brilliant play because it's it's worth you rolling that dice if you don't do it you are 100 percent out but by doing it you give yourself a chance it's right. a chance. See, I, I give Valverde. I like Valverde's move better. One, because I feel like it's a natural thing. It's a technical foul. Very cynical. Also, he doesn't let Morata get in the box. He takes him out before the penalty. So that's another brilliant mm. thing. Suarez was just it's just shithousery. It's just like, bro. Ow. But it, it's just like the ultimate, by any means necessary, move. That is the beauty of the World Cup. It's like, you're playing for your country. Whatever way I can do we are not losing this game. However, I am going to push the rules and the boundaries as much as I can. Based on the ethos of the World Cup and playing for your country, that was amazing play. Amazing play. Amazing. Did Did you see um, Diego Simeone, how he said that? He actually gave him props in a way. My Spanish interpretation is really bad, but he was basically like, it was the biggest moment of the match and he kind of did what he had to do. Speaking of Valverde, so... I thought it was kind of dope that, like, Simeone... Like, that—that that is Simeone's personality. Like, Simeone would have done that. 
Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for, for sure. sure. Even even in a super cup, like he would have done it. So respect to Valverde is what I'm trying to say. But the Suarez one, not so much, man. <laughs> and obviously I'm shitty because that was like Africa's chance to get into a semifinal. No, no, no. And Daniel, let's let's be, be, be real. Score the damn penalty. It's penalties are easy. I'm sorry. Score the damn penalty. Penalties and, are- and, and and this is a guy who I wanted Ghana to go through and everything, and I was. I'm horrified when he missed it, but I'm like, Daniel, like, I'm sorry. You were given a penalty. Score the damn thing. Put it in the damn net. I'm just saying, personally, when I watched it, I didn't think he was going to make it. And after he missed, I was like, I understand why you miss, just because of the situation. But anyway. Score the damn um, thing, do you think the Super Cup is like worth it to pay attention to? No. Like the Community Shields, Italy. It's a glorified friendly. It's either the most meaningful, meaningful friendly, or like the worst official game. I don't, and I don't know where to put it. Do you know what really annoys me? Was like at the end of the decade, when you when you saw like this is how many trophies Manchester United won. This is how many trophies Chelsea won. This is how many trophies Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, all of them. And they had the Community Shields thing in the little pictures. I was like, get that, get that trophy out of here, yo! It's not even. It's, I can't even consider it a trophy. Just get that plate out of here. Like I don't even know what that is, but like. That annoys me so much where, where they start calculating like, yo, Arsenal have won 55 trophies in their history. And you see like 20 of them are like community shields. I'm like, ah, get that out of here, man. It's, no, it's, no, no, it's, 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 it's Chelsea have won such and such trophies this decade. And you look and it's a, it's the community plate. I'm just, I don't know. That's not real. Speaking of Premier League, I guess we can do this. I wanted Mourinho to win. He didn't win. But it was a right tactic though. Liverpool are undefeated still. I think they're on pace for over 110 points. They're disgracing the Premier League. The the Premier League is, is a is a poverty league, bro. What do you mean? Um Liverpool and Man City have made it into a, a poverty league. They've they've completely totally widened the gap between themselves and everyone else. When you when you look at the gap that Man City had when they went to the hundred points, when you look at the, the gap between Liverpool and Chelsea last season, and now the gap between Liverpool and Man City now. Bro, Liverpool have only drawn one game and won the rest. That's stupid. We're in mid-January. These guys have only drawn one game and won the rest. That is stupid. Absolutely stupid, man. What do you mean by poverty league, though? When I think of poverty league, I don't even want to say the countries because I feel like there's dangerous people in the countries I'm thinking. Yep, don't do it. (laughs) I can't even give a region. Um, <laughs> don't, 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 I'm actually one of you. Don't, man. Like, trust um, me. So yeah, but that's that's what you, you you know what I'm thinking. Hopefully, but like those are the poverty leagues I'm thinking. The Premier <laughs> League is actually like one of the best in Europe. So what do you mean? It's more so the brand that was promoted to us isn't exactly what it is, and I think that are you mad that they use the word Premier in yeah, the league? So if it was just the English first division. You wouldn't yeah. have as much of a problem, but because yeah, they no, call no, it I, the Premier yeah, League, because, like when you say Premier, Premier means you know, look, look, what's it? You're you're like an English major. Premier is okay. This is pristine. This is top of the top. This is the pinnacle. It isn't. It isn't. It is. What like, is then? Okay, if if the Premier League is a poverty league, then mm. what are all the other ones? You see, this now goes to a much wider discussion with regards to the state of club football. No, 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 and, no, no, no! You have to answer the question directly. No, 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 no! There isn't, there, there isn't one. That's why. That's that's why. What I'm, that's where I'm going to. I this just wanted about, you to get to that first. There isn't one. There isn't a Premier League. There isn't a top league. There isn't a league in which, okay, this is now fully competitive. 
We used to have that back in the late 90s, early 2000s, but in the last six, seven, eight years for the major leagues, it's literally just been one team or two teams completely and totally dominating, you know, because even La, La, La Liga back in the day, Valencia said, what's up? Deportivo used to say, what's, what's up? Athletes, it was it was even a, a bit closer. Bundesliga, I think there was a period of four or five years where like, I think there were like four or five different winners over four or five years in the Bundesliga. French League, before Piaget came in, was and obviously, before Pietro came out, before Leon did that whole long run, there were many multiple winners. Syria, Roma at one time, Juve at one time, Isman at one time, Isman at one time. Then obviously, Calcio Poli then sort of, you know, messed all that up. Premier League, you know, you had, okay, had Arsenal, Vimanu, then Manu against Chelsea and so forth. But even when he had money against Chelsea, they were, it was still pretty close. But my thing is, the gap between the top teams and the other teams is what is so alarming. So even if before we had the same two or three teams winning, the gap between them and everyone else wasn't really that big. Um, are you defining the competitiveness of a league by the champion or are you defining the difficulty of, of a league by the performances within it? Meaning you could have a, a conversation that the Bundesliga isn't competitive because Bayern have won it however many times. You could have a conversation that the French League isn't competitive because PSG win it however many times. We could have the conversation Serie A isn't competitive because Juventus have won it eight times in a row. But I do think some people have a point where they could say just because the champion doesn't change doesn't mean there's not competition, meaning Napoli might push somebody or Monaco might push PSG or Dortmund might push Bayern. You know, you have those things where like last year, you know, Man City were pushed by Liverpool. Now we now we have a season where it seems like Liverpool have nobody to push them. So now we go to like the umpth degree. I'm forgetting the word. It's hyperbolic in terms of ah, the Premier League isn't Premier, like everything's messed up. But if you look over the course of history, I think the Premier League has been generally competitive, even though the champions might be the same. So in the last three years, has it been okay. competitive in the last three years? I would say so, between Man City and Liverpool. Is that competitive? That's two that that's just two teams fighting for the title. Hence why I'm I'm talking about you can't call a league competitive when two teams have a huge seismic gap with the rest of the league. That's not competitive. Competitive is if Three, four teams are within touch, touching distance within each other. That's competitive. Isn't that every other league, though? So, like, in La Liga, you have Real Madrid and Barcelona, and then sometimes maybe Atletico can get in. In Germany, you have Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. They compete with each other. Somebody else might sneak in. In Serie A, there's just Juventus, but maybe one of Roma, one of Lazio, one of... Uh, it's, only, it's only been Napoli, really. It's only been Na- or, Napoli. Or Napoli, really. I was getting there. Maybe they could maybe they could have it. So I think two seasons ago, the, the Sari season, you had Napoli. That didn't work. This season we have Inter. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. We'll have to see. France, France is France. Now, that's an interesting one. I don't, if you want to bring up that comment by Ibrahim, it would never work. But I've always said that the American system of mm-hmm. parity is interesting as to finding a way of spreading the love and the talents all the way through. Because club, I'm telling you right now, club football is dying. As far as watching it with regards to being entertained and being enthralled, it's dying. How can we be enthralled with who will get top four rather than who will win the title? 
<laughs> oh well, actually, this this is the really interesting thing specifically about the Premier League, and maybe it doesn't happen in other leagues, but there are so many fans of the teams that compete for top four. Meaning, yeah, you have City and Liverpool as the top two, but then Chelsea, big club, Manchester United, big club, um, Tottenham, somewhere below, and then Arsenal, another big club. So you have six, and maybe your Everton's of the world or whatever. The fact that they're competing, you might have five or six teams competing for two spots. The size of those clubs in terms of their world outreach is so great. And the intrigue and the pull of the Champions League is so great that there is intrigue with top four. Which is which 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 I find stupid. That's still stupid. Because based on the sizes of those clubs, specifically in Manchester United and an Arsenal, you were built upon your title wins. Upon you either winning the, the title or coming close to winning the, the title. Hmm. If you're now saying that, oh, this is now shifted to now your intrigue is now with regards to whether we will become top four. So you can enter into the, the Champions League to get knocked out either in the round of 16 or in the groups. Makes no sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. But this, and this is another thing that I find quite interesting. What are Liverpool doing that any other club can't do on that level? Obviously, you might look at, you know, a Norwich and say, okay, Norwich can't do what they did. But I'm, I'm talking about what what have Liverpool done that Manchester United can't do? What have Liverpool done that Chelsea or Arsenal can't do? Spurs, maybe they, they would have a little bit of argument that we're not quite at that level. We're somewhere around. But what have those three clubs in particular, Chelsea, United, and Arsenal, what, have, what, have, what has Liverpool done that they can't do? Liverpool have bought the right players. They've appointed the right manager. They have a pretty good structure, it seems. Even like um, Arsenal and United complain, oh, we have American ownership. They don't really care. Like Liverpool have American ownership. They seem to be doing pretty all right. So it's not about, oh, the Americans have come and they're ruining our club. No, it's about the competency of the people in the positions. It's, Liverpool had a plan and they executed it properly. If Chelsea can't do it, it's not a function of Chelsea necessarily. It's a function of their planning. So it's possible to challenge Liverpool if you get your plan right. It's just that it doesn't seem like Ch- Chelsea's board, they can't. United always complain about Ed Woodward, no director of football. Arsenal, you can complain about you know Stan Kroenke and whether his son or whoever's running the show, it was Ivan Gazidis for a time. Now it's some guy from Spain whose name I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's all about getting the plans right. So Liverpool aren't doing some fantastical, magical something. They've just bought the right players, appointed the right manager. And in conjunction with all the other teams around them flopping, it makes them look godly. But if you actually had competent people running these organizations, Liverpool couldn't go unbeaten because you would have five legitimate contenders to beat them. That's 10 games. You'd have 10 games where Liverpool could legitimately lose. Now it feels like maybe there's three, the Man City games and maybe Manchester United because of just that rivalry that's there, or Everton, maybe because of the rivalry that's there, but all the rest of the teams, it, it doesn't no, feel no, like anything no, no, can no, happen. Ever, ever too, like Everton haven't been in Liverpool for like... I know, I'm just saying, I, maybe something crazy could happen, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just sad at the lack of planning that these teams have. Liverpool don't have some kind of a special portion or something that's making them do really well. I just think it's like, you know... How many players did they buy who were truly world-class? One, Maybe. Like, Having a really good manager is a really good starting point. That's a very good start starting point. And I think, you know, obviously other things have to come in to play, which is the scouting, 
acquisition, people looking through. But I just think that having a really good manager who really is given full control with regards to all facets within the, the, the club is, is a huge thing. Because look, what Klopp doing is we're doing with Liverpool isn't too different with what he did with Dortmund. If Klopp kept, was allowed to keep Lewandowski, Goza, Kagawa, Hummels, they would have won a Champions League eventually. Of 100%. Maybe we should just be looking at Jurgen Klopp. Like, again, people say, like, oh, Klopp would have done what he did with Liverpool with Dortmund if he were... Because, you see, with Liverpool now, because of the pull of Liverpool and just how the dynamics of football has changed, he can now keep the hold of this place. If he could have kept a hold of... Dort- I, I still say the best team I've seen, modern era, just for me personally, was Klopp's Dortmund side. That was an amazing team. Still, probably my favorite team to watch of like the past few years. Klopp just has a tactic that is just extremely effective. And once he has his players, Klopp just has a tactic that can beat beat most teams. Like I always say, like the only team that can beat Liverpool at full strength is PSG. That's it. That's the only team that I, that I think you know these these guys yeah they they can they can beat them. So if right. Liverpool like it's. It's 50-50. It's a, it's a toss-up. Every other I mean, team... I, no, I, I think there are teams out there that can... Like, Na- Napoli beat them. So... I'm thinking over two legs. Over two legs. Like, or, or even more so at Anfield. Like, look, they have not lost at Anfield since 2017 or 2016. PSG can go to Anfield and beat them. You don't think Madrid could go there and beat them? No. Not even if Zard shows up? No. <laughs> But no, no, no. Didn't Chelsea beat Liverpool in a League Cup game? League Cup game. League Cup. Do you I'm remember talking... the Hazard goal where like he nutmegged a couple of people? And... Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, well, was... I'm talking Champions League. I'm talking Champions League, bro. Champions League. I don't, I don't. I don't even want to view that. You see, you've you've put a very, very disturbing image in in, in my head right now. Man. That's 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 disturbing, man. Just that like bro, look, like man, bro, J- Javon, look, you, you, you you've got it twisted, Javon, bro. Me, bro. You got the whole internet, bro. Like you don't have to be watching us right now, man. You can just go make an incognito <laughs> window right quick. Do what you need to do. Your parents won't find out. You'll be all right, bro. <laughs> Man, if only if only I, I knew about incognito back in the day, man. Trouble. I didn't, you Trouble. know. You have to get all those DVDs, man. CDRs, DVDRs. So, we, we can go to some other leagues now. In Serie A, Juventus are back on top of the table. Um, Inter drew with Atalanta and Juventus beat Roma, if memory serves. Back to regular programming, I suppose. Yep. Anything interesting that you thought from those games? What was there were like two ACL injuries that happened in the yeah, Roma man. match. Z- Zanolo and Z- Zanolo, who Demarai. was having a, a, a pretty good season, ends up tearing his yeah ACL. out of the Euros. Out of the Euros. That's sad. That's sad for him. There's like a, there's a thing I have of like tall kind of players like that. I start looking at people's knees. I'm like, yo, could this person have like ACL? Pro-? Like for instance, I you know knock on woods. It's actual woods. Like Tammy Abraham. The way that he's just built, I look at his knees and legs. I'm just like, bro, chill. Because <laughs> there's, there's just certain players you look at, and it's like someone like Aguero, you wouldn't look at his build and be like ACL injuries necessarily. Mm-hmm. But Abraham, you can look at it like, yo, he doesn't look like he's built correctly in that way. So I think Zanolo has a little bit of that. But, yeah, sad for him. 
So is there anything interesting that you feel like could happen in Syria? No, no. For the all I'm saying is this is not. nine in a row. Thank you. If Juventus win nine in a row, and remember, these guys are not, they're not even playing well. They're not playing well. They're just winning games by virtue of the individuals and and the serial. The level in Syria is, is, is just is, is just poor. Ibra scored and give the guy like, credit. What do you mean? No, no, no. no I'm not. I'm not sure. Then I'm. You not, spent. Not. Two weeks at least talking about ah AC Milan shouldn't hire this guy because he's 38. Still, what is he gonna do in Syria? And yeah. then he scores on his second debut. Okay, and give him credit. No, 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 no. Let me let's now say what I said. This is AC Milan. This isn't Atalanta or Roma or Cairo. This is AC flipping Milan. Okay. You should be focusing on trying to get back to greatness and respect what the legends like a Shevchenko, George Weah did. What are you doing signing a 38-year-old? What is if you literally believe Ibrahimovic is going to get back to the Champions League or winning the Syria? I'm all for it. But we know we just know he isn't. How so this, so, 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 so do you know do you know why why this is so sad? How and, can you know? No, no, do you know why this is so sad and sick? This is a just a marketing ploy. It is what it is. It's it's a marketing ploy. If he's winning them games, how is it a marketing ploy? Daniel, in all can honesty, it be both at the same time? Dan, okay, Daniel. In all honesty, jokes aside, in all honesty, do you I'm really believe joking. that? Do you really believe that Ibrahimovic is going to lead AC Milan to top four in this area? I think by the time he got there, the task was too was too much. They were in eleventh already. Okay, give the, okay. Do you believe a thirty nine year old next season, a thirty nine year old, can lead them to top four? Lead? No. Assist? Yes. I I think it's plausible. Because Piantic may be leaving, apparently. They say Piantic may be leaving. To I think it's plausible that Zlatan could get you 17 goals next season. Technique never really leaves you, and he's always going to be 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so as long as he feels like feels like playing and he's in shape, the age really doesn't matter that much. It's just fun to talk about. Like, uh, you think this old man who's almost going to get his pension is going to save? Like... That's the fun part of the conversation. But this isn't like a Buffon situation where like the dude needs to retire ace. No, no, he's still on a boat. No, no. Buffon is stealing money. That's that's a whole <laughs> different conversation. That, that, that guy is a is a is a, is a thief. Yeah, this, this, thief. This, this isn't that. Like Zlatan's not hanging on. Like in a way, he's doing Milan the favor. Oh no, no, it is you know, look, man, as I said again, the ace Milan say situation is disgraceful. I think it's 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 like this is such a bad like the only fall as bad as this is Manchester United, but it's it's not is the worst. This is the worst. No, no, it's 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 the worst. The only thing where they were, I mean, okay, the worst falls you could talk about Nottingham Forest, two European Cups, and now they're in like stuck in the championship. Could you talk about Leeds like from the 70s, like the good teams? Could you Parma? It's 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 AC Milan, seven European Cups, Sunderland. Sunderland's horrible. Bro, in like the 30s, the 20s and the 30s, they were like the best team in England. <laughs> the what? I'm just saying. Oh, I'm so you're saying. you're you're going to an era where where we would both get lynched. I'm going into history. Like I thought this you're was You're going to an question. era where we would both get any era where I would get lynched, I don't care a damn about that era. Sorry. That's what I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. Um, 20s and 30s. Okay, I have PSG written down here. 3-3 with Monaco. Mbappe had a chance at the end of the game. Could have won it, but didn't. Oh, Bakayoko had a really good game. So, so, so is that you saying Chelsea should 
I hire him back? Is that a... If it were up to me, I'd bring him back. But I know the club, Chelsea, are looking at this like, ah, now we can sell him for a good price. That's all that's going to happen there. What transfers are on your mind? We have maybe 10 minutes left. Do you see a the Pogma move happening? Or rather, what big transfer do you see happening this month? I mean, Ericsson, I don't think I'll call that a big transfer. But him and Inter is pretty much almost done. Giro to Inter Milan, I don't call that a, a big transfer. That's almost see Ericsson to Inter makes a lot more sense than Giro to Inter. Ericsson to Inter, that's a good move. I don't rate Ericsson that highly, but Ericsson to Inter Milan is a good move. Bruno Fernandez to United. I think there's Jelson Fernandez. If yeah, I'm Getson pronouncing to, his name, to, to, to Tottenham. Jetson. Jetson Fernandez. Well, Getson, Jetson, Jetson. Portuguese man. Portuguese is a weird language. Um, to Spurs. So, yeah, what is up with Portugal, man? It's like, especially Benfica. Anybody gives them a good price, <laughs> peace. They need the money, man. They need the cash. It's like, like they're they're a feeder club. Same thing with them with Ajax. Um, if, if, you, if you think about all the teams that produce a lot of these players, so if you think of Benfica, you say Ajax, Southampton to an extent, Saint-Étienne, If you think about them in, in the French league, Lyon as well. Just like all of these teams, that if you keep your players. Monaco, if you remember a few years back, you keep all those players. Who knows where you could be? But anytime they get a good price, they're out. Thank you, Gatlock. This reminds me of something. Well, now, <laughs> oh, man, Gatlock, man, you look. This guy's a brave. No, 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 no. This reminds me of something. You always say you can't wait until Messi and Ronaldo are gone. Oh, I can't wait. I because can't wait. then we get to bring in a new generation of players, right? Mm. And you're like, it's going to be a new era with name the players. Mm? Name name the players of the new generation. Mbappe. Mm-hmm. The Oos. Mm-hmm. Leroy Sané. Mm-hmm. Um, really, those are the main ones. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you can sort of argue like Hazard in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sort of way. Like. <laughs> Now, read this. Read this comment. What does that say? He ain't young anymore. Do you know how old Eden Hazard is? Can I respond? He's my age. Me and him are the same age. We're 29 years old. Can I, can, can I res, res, you respond? You can't start a new era with Eden Hazard. He's almost 30. Can I, so, can I respond? So stop putting Eden Hazard in. No, you can't respond until I'm finished. Like, <laughs> you can't put Eden Hazard in the new era, okay? He's... This is his era right now. It just sucks that he's with the Ronaldo Messi shenanigans that are going on. But this is his era. There is no new era. So you can't start a new era with a 29-year-old. So him, Neymar, I don't think they're going to have an era. They might have a year or two. But the real people are Gabriel Jesus, Tammy Abraham, Rashford. Um, then we can get into like Usman Dembele, Leroy Sané, like the 22-year-old, t- 22 and younger. That's how you can start. Jaden Sancho, those kinds of guys. That's how you start one with Yao Felix, Mbappe, obviously. But you can't start a new era with Eden Hazard. So chill out saying that. My thing about it he's is... He's closer to you in age than he is Mbappe, I think. Age is just a number. And I believe that these next three or four years, Hazard could be money. Because the next three or four years, Messi and Cristiano will become irrelevant, you know? No, they won't. Ronaldo, maybe. Messi, no. So you're saying, so you're saying that Messi will still be amongst the best in three years' time? You said relevant. Messi so and Ronaldo will always be relevant. Messi and Ronaldo will be relevant when they haven't played for 10 years. Or, or you, so they'll be relevant. So you mean on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter? No, I mean everybody is going to be comparing these new guys to Messi and Ronaldo. The same way 
I don't know. Play, so, so how players you... of the last generation would have been compared to Maradona, and that kept Maradona relevant. Okay, let me ask you this. How can you compare Messi and Ronaldo to Mbappe when Mbappe has won a World Cup? That's not my question to answer. I, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> I'm just telling you who's going Oops. to be relevant. No, 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 no. But if you say, well, people will always compare them to Messi and Cristiano. How can you compare a World Cup winner to non-World Cup winners? I don't know how that works, personally. Compare like a five or six-time Champions League winner to one that hasn't been to a semifinal yet or a final yet. That would be someone's counter-argument. Like, what has Mbappe done in the Champions League? Can he be relevant as long as he plays in Uber Eats League 1? Which, wait, wait, so, wait, so Mbappe reached a Champions League semi, didn't he? With Monaco, I believe. Yeah, and he scored in the... In the, in the interesting, interesting. Can a player that plays for PSG... And has only played in France. Be relevant. World Cup trump soul. You know that, and, and I know know it. Everything <laughs> else is just extra sauce. No, because for me, I've always said that if Mbappe wins the the Champions League, I don't want to hear about Messi and Cristiano ever again. Never again. Like the only thing that they can grab onto is their amazing achievements in the Champions League. If they make a mistake and allow PSG and Mbappe to win the, the Champions League, I never want to hear their names mentioned ever again. Never. But for, that's, that's not realistic is what I'm telling you. But the only critique is that you can't put Hazard in a new era. Because he's not, not? He's, not he, he's not young enough. He's, his career is just he's this is the, the this is the start of his real career in Real Madrid. This 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 is this is the, the start. This is a, a new a new beginning. He's 29. Like and, Bro, and as a fellow 29 year old. No, no, no. As as a fellow 29 year old, I would like to think I'm still kind of young, you know. But in football terms, you're on your way out at 29, especially with a player that plays like Hazard's been fouled thousands of times. He's starting to pick up injuries now. Like, There's no guarantee that he's going to have the longevity of a Ronaldo, especially because he doesn't keep care of himself in a way that a Ronaldo did because Eden Hazard likes cheeseburgers and whatnot. And I don't think Eden Hazard likes football like that. I think he's good at it, so he plays it. But I don't think he loves football the way that. Like, no, 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 no. I'll that that's I've 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 come to sort of like accept that. Yeah, I don't think he's like a he's a he's passionate about football, really. You know, hmm. which um, means which means I could see him retire 34. Okay, look. So yeah, I think this guy has actually been asking about this all the way through the Liverpool United game. What if Gollum gives Liverpool? Because remember, Gollum is the is the only guy who's actually. Um, Giving Liverpool taking their, points off them, they're taking points off them, which is insane. Right. But this game is at Anfield. Um, Liverpool are a force at Anfield, and this could. I I think Liverpool win this game. I think Liverpool win this game. I think there's just something about Old Trafford, and there's just something about whether it's the mystique of that place. But yeah, Liverpool. I just think that they'll be too strong for them, and I, and I don't think that United will be able to um, be as effective as, as they were at, at, at Old Trafford. I think that Liverpool will be able to deal with, with them handily. What about this one? If Barcelona are declining, should Neymar really go back? If I was Neymar, don't go back. Correction. If Neymar, if I'm, if I'm Neymar, I'm only going back if Messi isn't there. So if I'm, I'm going back, it has to be my team. Where I where the team is built around me, as it was with Ronaldinho, Romario, and, and Rivaldo. From Gino, do you think Zard, Eden Hazard, would be appreciated more if he played in the nineties? I yeah. think yes. The easiest answer I can come up with that one is the idea that 
yo, we're going to be counting all your goals, all your assists, and we're going to be so stat craven and crazy. Twitter and analysis, that, Twitter analysis. 10 years, 15 years maybe, where everybody's so goals this, goals that. In the 90s, I don't think it existed in the same way. So a player like Eden Hazard, who always has great performances, but might not, but might not back them up with the statistical output of Messi, Neymar, Ronaldo, etc., etc., Suarez, Aguero, all those kinds of players. I think people would have appreciated more just his overall body of work and just ability for just natural footballing ability, natural footballing ability that he has, as compared to how many goals do you have? You play thirty-eight games, you only have twelve goals. What kind of trash player are you? Woo-woo. Stupid, like, stupid, stupid. It wouldn't have been that. From AJ Cool, sixteen. If you could make trades in international football, which one would you make? For example, Messi on Portugal and CR seven on Argentina. Maybe I say Robin Nigeria. Um, <laughs> it will be um, Holland, you know. And then I, I no, no, that, that's not fair. You would have to give them multiple players. You'd have to give them. We'll give you a Wobi, Ianacho, Moses, indeed. Hey, easy, easy, man. Come on, man. What the hell? Come on. What, 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 wait, wait, try, 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 try to say them. Um, what would be a good trade? Actually, what, this is tough. I what think. would you say of? I'm trying to think of. I don't know. Just off the top of my head, if you were to give England Hazard and then England gives Belgium Harry Kane. Do Belgium need a striker? See, Belgium would need... Belgium need fullbacks. No, no, but, but, but my thing, though, is that imagine a De Bruyne assisting and giving for... <laughs> Bro, that's, that's, that's deep, man. That's coming. It will be serving Gatorade for Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up that's messed that's messed up that's messed See, up i'm thinking like okay so you have a a nation like france france might need like a goalkeeper so they might go to spain and be like or no germany because germany have a surplus of goalkeepers mm, so they like we'll speaking. give you what does germany need germany needs a, a winger or something like that we'll give you usman dembele for ter Stegen, and we'll see if that works so we pick up a good keeper so we don't have to play the reese you mm. guys get a, a winger, or maybe you want a midfielder, we'll give you Taliso or somebody like that for I have no idea who. But I think that's that's how it would work. Like if you could trade nationalities. Well, interesting question, I guess. Yeah. Um if you had two billion to sports wash, which football club would you pick and why? So <laughs> if we if we had two billion pounds and we could buy a club, two billion isn't enough for like the top. 10 clubs in the world, probably. But everything down, you could probably finagle a deal if you wanted. So what club would you try to buy for $2 billion? AC Milan. I like the idea of what Germany do, where you can't own a club outright. The oh, yeah. The whole, is, 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 I think it's like the 50 plus one rule or something. Yeah. So I would. I, I think that's a good idea. I'm thinking Dortmund. Could you buy Milan for $2 billion? Maybe. Bro, the way things are, you, I think you can, you can go ahead and for for cut rates, man, half the half the price, two um, mil cut rates. Yeah, I, 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 get think, one free. I think Dortmund would be a good. There's no such thing as an investment to buy, um, a football club, but see, yeah, 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 this is this is true. Like two billion is enough since Dangote tried to buy Arsenal and they won't let him. Um, Dangote. Oh, wait, 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 have you heard of Dangote? The richest man in Africa, of course. That guy has. <laughs> a guy has money, man. Yeah, but it's a good it's a good track by Burner Boy as well. So check that out. 
Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to Have Hope for keeping football relevant for a decade. Have Hope's get me through hangouts. Sorry, get me through my commute from Shatukan. So you know, I asked for comments. So somebody giving you some love, you know. Hey, man, thank you, bro. Um, thank you, bro. <laughs> That's Why would you waste up. your money, bro? <laughs> no, but see, that's, that's like football rivalry gone gone deep, man. Bro, I have a trade. I have a trade. Can we get Benzema on the Spanish national team? Like, would France be willing to trade the rights of Benzema, a player who they never play, to another nation so he can play international football? Deschamps will never allow that. Do you, do you think they'd because, be so petty to where yes. they wouldn't they wouldn't want him to succeed with another country? So they'd never trade him, but they still wouldn't pick him. Yes, like <sighs> they're so petty that they're like, not only is he not going to play for France, he's just not going to play international football. Full stop. Because I was thinking, like, yo, so what? What would Spain be willing to give up to get a Benzema? Because that would work. Like he's mm. been in Real Madrid so long, I'm, he knows the language well. Probably gets on with Spanish culture. That would work in theory. Like, who is Spain's starting striker right now? Morata? Alcaf- oh, no. So Benzema's a clear upgrade on whoever yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, who they, would, they would they be willing to give France a midfielder? Would you be willing to give them, like, Saul or somebody like that? No, sorry. The trade doesn't work. Who the hell will France want from Spain? Who? De Gea? That clown that starts to make me, me, me mistakes. Would you rather story. have De Gea or Loris? Bro, that's actually. Don't, don't. <laughs> As I say, bro, the way De Gea has been playing, that's that's an actual debate. You know what? I'd rather take a Mandanda over both of them. Yeah. Guys, this has been the Talking Tactics <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> we do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on social media. All the links are in the description. Talking Tactics Extra will be coming your way soon if you're on Patreon. So remember, it's $3 a month. Check the links in the description. Please help the podcast out. It means a lot. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. We're on Twitter, at Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. So, Talking Tactics Podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.